Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everyone. It's V, the Grill Economist, coming to you live on this edition of Vela's in the Morning, but he's here on Tuesday. Aren't you lucky? What's up, Vela's? How are you, man? I'm fantastic, guys. How you doing? We're doing fantabulous. CJ just got back from increasing his toxic masculinity. I'm still recovering from the Chicago COVID episode, and uh, I'm... <laughs> Oh, my God. <clears throat> Remember, folks, we do take our own advice. Vitamin C, zinc, and Q-certain, yes. along with some, um, uh, what do you call it, the uh, mineral water. Yeah, exactly. Folks, you can catch Velas over at the Discord. If you need to get to the Discord, just email cj, cj at roguenews.com, cj at roguenews.com. Don't bother emailing me because I forgot my email password, so I have no way of accessing it for the time being. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway with that all out of the way, what's up, gentlemen? Oh, it's Fellas, where do you want to begin, man? I got a whole bunch of stuff for us today. If you guys have anything on the front end, let me know. Otherwise, I'll just jump into it. And we got a little video clip here in a minute. I wanted to let folks join the show before we go to that video clip. I'm still crying <laughs> after I saw it. <laughs> anyway, so let me uh, let me roll in, uh, everybody. We got a number of data points today. We're going to cover a little bit about Ghislaine Maxwell's uh, dad and uh, scientific publications. We're going to talk a little bit about Brendan O'Connell, who's another alternative person who actually somehow still has his YouTube channel. Uh, he's also on Patreon. And then I'll be back on Friday, uh, and I've got most of my content ready to go uh, for that one. I, I enjoyed Jet's uh, show yesterday. I've uh, thrown a couple comments out on his uh, Discord page, especially when it came to linguistics. So uh, the Amazing Polly, who we love dearly, uh, Polly of the Amazing Polly, Polly St. George, uh, she's going to be on Frank's show at Quite Frankly this week yes. on Thursday. So if you have a chance Thursday evening, go catch that, or you can go catch uh, the replay. And uh, just a reminder, uh, I posted it again last, I've post posted it a couple times on Discord. Uh, Matthew Arrett uh, did a superb assessment uh, of the implications of the famous story about General Smedley Butler and the oh, attempted yeah. overthrow of the United States government in the 1930s, and the correlation to those events to the 2024 uh, election. Um, I know there's always a million things to read or watch, folks, but if you do get a chance, please please read at least that piece of, of Matthew's work. Uh, I did send him a private note that uh, that was some really superb stuff that he put together. Uh, v, I got a question for you, dead serious. Um, your thoughts on your buddy Jack Ma seeding control of the ant group. You know, <clears throat> I saw that. I didn't get a chance to delve uh, deep into it. Look, Ma is a is a, a double edged sword. He, you know, uh, there is some things with Ma, um, and I, I don't know where to start unraveling that because I I was still I'm still recovering from the Chicago Lori Lightfoot special, and um, once I'm <laughs> 
fully recovered from the Lightfoot special, um, I'll be able to look into what's going on with Ma. Especially okay. with Ant. Yeah, with uh, Ant, um, 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 that company, Ant, uh, whatever. So uh, we may return to that topic at a later time, folks. Um, uh, the Minnesota violence. I know there's been a ton of articles and a ton of conjecture and a ton of uh, input and thoughts uh, on various things going on across the country right now. And to me, it's more subtle than perhaps the riots we had in 2020. Where I'm going with this is some of you may be aware there's been a fair amount of coverage, especially in the alternative news space, about uh, quote unquote homeless encampments. Uh, up in Minnesota, and there's a couple other parts of the United States where this. Why, is why the hell would the homeless be in Minnesota? It's freezing up there. I know. Get over to San Francisco with everybody yeah. else. Yeah, pooping um, is a human right in San Francisco. Oh wait, no, no, because I posted on Discord. Oh, the, it was Michigan, right? It, well, it's it's a, a civil right in a number of places, but yes, uh, Detroit. Uh, or no, it wasn't Detroit. It was a city in Michigan said that it's a it's a human right to urinate or defecate in the street. Uh, and it's and that's, it's uh, that, you're being insensitive awesome. to others if you comment on them doing that. Um, so Minnesota, there's a couple of places where this has been happening, where folks are calling law enforcement or similar, saying, "Look, I've got people. I mean, not to go all legal, but I mean, you know, it's private property, and I've got folks encamped in trailers or RVs or just setting up tents." Uh, on either property where the owner isn't there or is out of town or whatever. Um, and law enforcement has either had difficulty or has not uh, gotten involved. Mm -hmm. Now, to change the narrative a bit, I actually would describe these, you know, well, these homeless people. Uh, no, uh, I would describe them, uh, to use the, the jargon, uh, I would describe them as marauders. I would describe them as mercenaries. Uh, I would describe them in the words of a, of a good friend of the show who runs his own little little uh, events occasionally on Sundays on the Discord channel, Land Pirates. Um, there was an article I posted this morning on the Vellus uh, landing site on the Discord page. Um, you know, there's these flyers and these articles that are being posted in these neighborhoods that are unbelievably professional in their quality. And they also contain an, uh, quite a bit of detail with all the names of local government officials and their addresses where they live. Basically, basically saying uh, it's a form of repression if you remove us from where we're occupying. Um, but they're also implying we're going to come after your families uh, and your kids and your property. Now, you can call that terrorism. You can call that assault. You can call that uh, implied battery. The list goes on. Um, but these are not the practices of truly homeless people no, uh, this is organized not. violence so yeah. just my my two coins on that one uh just a reminder uh this wednesday uh, depending on what part of the earth you're living on um another solar storm is due uh this is the second time in two weeks that the media has been talking about an incoming solar storm which do happen as i as you all know i worked in the telecom industry and we used to notify our clients hey uh we're looking at something that may interfere with your satellite communications for a while so just making you all aware because, you know, you never know. They may use one of these to justify why the grid went down. Um, Epstein books, uh, those two Epstein books I keep talking about that I'm waiting to be delivered. Uh, now, supposedly, they're both going to be released around September 20th, which I find interesting because that's just in time for the midterms. Uh, I wonder what's in Whoa, there. whoa, whoa. Breaking, breaking. Yes. Pelosi has landed in time. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh, that's a beautiful. 
That's beautiful. But go ahead, Velas. I just wanted to say Mike, Mike, Mo- Mike Moore, by the way, refers to her playing as Kettle One, if you get Kettle it. Kettle One. <laughs> <laughs> so oh so with that, we need some we need some mental sorbet, folks. We need we need to cleanse uh, cleanse our palates, as Jack Nicholson would say from the original Batman from 1989. CJ, if you'd be so kind, would you play the clip that I sent you and V last night? Uh, now yes. CJ's looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, it, it, come on. So now, while he's on that protein shake and, and then get on a siege. He's he's got a he's got a sixty five pound dumbbell in one arm. Come on, um, he's doing the Chris Cuomo workout. What he's sitting at the desk. Well, well, CJ is pulling up this clip, folks. I I've sent this out to a number of people, and I've had a multitude of responses, including people telling me that they're so disturbed that they can't complete their work day. They're laughing so hard. Uh, I have never felt so good as an American as as I saw this clip yesterday. What is this? Yes, Crypto Cowboy. This town needs an enema. <clears throat> did you text it Bellis? was it the one you texted or i because i checked the email i just saw a link in there i didn't see a video i think you texted it man okay all right we just lost Velas. we did yeah there he's back all right you guys got so, so excited yeah <laughs> it, it happens sometimes myself you know i get excited and I, next you know i needed myself the wrong button Yeah, my chat stream for some reason doesn't have the link. Can you post it in the? There it I is. Just did. I just did. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah, I do it, but every every time I try and do this, I always make a mistake. Yeah, see, I don't see a video there. I just see a. Maybe it's there you got to scroll down. Okay. No, scroll back up. You scrolled too much. Keep going. Okay, it's there. Where I just didn't see the video. I oh, have man. this already. I just didn't see the. Hang on. Okay. Oh, for the love of God. Yeah, I'm 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 looking through if you send it on text, I don't have it, but I don't see a video link in this unreported truce. I hate it when people update their thing. Um gets tased. Hang on. Oh, I I seen that clip. That's an old clip. That's actually from like a year ago. Now it's like making the uh, the rounds. It's brilliant, actually. This is in regards to the disability claims that are up. Is that is that what? Yeah, it's no, no, I'll no. find it. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll watch. I Sorry, it. everyone. I got it. 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 This is what happens when we do things live. Um, well, and it was a guy. A guy uh, on a show was was talking about about this happening. Um, I've got one of the clips here. Hang on. All right, here we go. We have audio video. We ready? We're ready. Okay, here it goes. Do it, man. So this ATF agent, the background story of this, pause real quick, Siege. The background story of this, because the, you, you, instead of getting the clip, you got the whole entire 15-minute uh, thing and we'll forward it. I've seen this over a year ago. It's making the rounds now. But this ATF uh, jerk-off decides to go and do an unconstitutional uh, firearms check at an individual's house. 
Uh, you bought these two rifles. We want to know, do you still have them? Are they still in your possession? Blah, blah, blah. And the guy, the, the owner of the house, his wife was there. She's like, uh, you know what? She called the cops and said, listen, there's somebody posing as a police officer in front of my front door asking me about my, uh, about my you know, legally purchased firearms. That's how it begins. Now watch what happens when the cops show up. This is beautiful. <laughs> hey, turn around. Let me see your hands. Turn around. Let me see your hands. Okay, let me see. I'm a federal fucking agent. Let me see some ID. Get on the ground. Get on the ground now. Get on the ground. Get on the ground now. I'm a federal agent. 917 10 I'm a federal agent. Get on the ground. I'm a federal agent. Why wouldn't you show me your ID when I got here? Don't move forward. Okay. forward. You didn't ask for it. He is at 333. Get on the ground. We'll figure it out. On that 10 not getting on the ground. Well, just stay where you're at. I'll stay where I'm at. Fine. Why do you got to make this harder than it is? Listen, I'm not getting on the I have no, I have no problem making this. I just want to see if anybody has any reason to respond as well. You're the one overreacting. I'm not overreacting. We got a call that someone's impersonating a police officer out here and doesn't have ID. No kidding, because she doesn't want to open Okay, get on the ground so I can find out who you are. It ain't happening. Okay, fine. Fine. Do you find I think I'm a police officer or something? What the heck's you just you just told an officer with a gun drawn yeah, on you yeah. it ain't happening. Yeah. Why this guy wasn't dropped right there, I don't know. <laughs> Do not reach for your plate. Keep your hands up. Now the second cop shows up. Keep your hands up. Sir! Don't argue. Face down on the ground. Face down now! Face down! Well, I would have just Fine, we'll settle that second. Settle face down now. All the way down. All the way. All the way. You got my IDs right here, left pocket. Left and pocket. we're going to put your arm on your back. Wait sir. a sec. Do not resist. I'm not resisting. You're acting like a no, moron. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> right. no, Keep no, listening. No. Wait a second. I got a medical condition. I got Get a medical me. condition. My <laughs> <laughs> wife is pregnant. No, no. Hold on. Hold on. I'm hyperventilating. <laughs> please. Wait, please, sir. I'm, Wait, a, I, I'm not. Stop resisting. Would you now. please get my ID out of my left pocket? Stop. I'm begging you. My my wife's pregnant. Please. Please, <laughs> please, please get it. Wait, sir. Help me out. Just hold me up. CJ. Sir, I can't do it. Wait. I was enjoying I just, it too much. <laughs> yeah, I just posted on the Velas page, folks, the the one Dude. I was looking for. Okay. I think. My thanks to one of the listeners who who sent me the correct one off Revolver. It ain't happening. I'm a fucking federal agent. My, I have a medical condition. <laughs> My wife's pregnant. What does that have to do with me putting cuffs on you? <laughs> and that oh. right there is the typical federal lackey. That was oh. beautiful. So so many things about this, folks, and 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 as I I uh, stabilize my, myself, uh, a couple of things. Number one. Because, uh, because as I've told all of you, I'm I'm uh, involved with the FBI's InfraGuard uh, group that that uh, protects the infrastructure here in the United States with with commercial firms, and I've worked with uh, law enforcement before in past lives. You know, the net of it is this: whenever federal marshals are similar, uh, especially because if the federal marshals are involved, you're probably dealing with a pretty serious situation. They always notify, always, they always notify local law enforcement. Hey, we're going to be serving a warrant on whatever, because they know. Bad people will try and pull something like, hey, I'm being assaulted by by people claiming to be, you know, federal agents or whatever. They also want to be able to filter out any of the calls that might be coming in as um, 
is this a real situation or is somebody trying to basically use us local law enforcement to swat you know the feds so the atf never notified local law enforcement otherwise these officers wouldn't have been dispatched or not dispatched in the way they were or or respond the way they were the second thing is is the guy that was doing the arms uh check on the person um did not have a second agent with them usually they always have a second or a third person with them so what do i have i've got a a single male individual wearing military style pants (laughs) with id that may or may not be uh accurate could be fake could be real oh yeah Claiming I need access to your residence because I'm conducting a firearms check because you may or may not have attended a, a uh, arms show or a gun show where you purchased weapons and there might be a straw purchase that, that I need to look into. Again, and a friend of our show will no doubt reiterate what I'm about to say. Whenever you have a situation like this at any time, in fact, a friend of the show has often said, if a cop pulls you over, call another cop. And I, I'm not saying that to be to be funny. I mean, if not to be indelicate, but if you're an at-risk uh, person, uh, and I'm not picking out any particular demographic, but but it's not uncommon that, especially in larger metropolitan areas, women on a number of occasions will tell law enforcement, get another, even if you're pulling me over for speeding, get another officer here, or I'm calling another officer. Because it's like there's been so many situations where people have been fooled into thinking someone is actually duly deputized, whatever it may be, federal or local law enforcement person. So... This, this, I'd use this in a training film. Everything that you can do wrong was done wrong here. And especially with the uh, get, you know, local law enforcement, both officers, guns drawn, not tasers, guns drawn, get down on the ground. It ain't happening. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. I know some Southern where this would have ended very differently (laughs) if that had happened. So, anyway, some, some comedic relief. Um, some of you will probably recall uh, last week or so that we, the United States, uh, sold 20 million barrels of oil out of the strategic reserve, um, which raises a number of questions. Uh, from a back of napkin uh, on that one, uh, Tuesday, July 26, when that was announced, uh, the price of West Texas crude per barrel was about $95 a barrel. So that price times 20 million barrels is about $1.9 billion in revenue to the U.S. government this quarter. And, you know, the strategic reserve was intended not just in case of war, but any any national emergency, because it originally came about when we had all the uh, oil embargoes back in the 1970s. But it's also there in case we have a very significant natural disaster that may impact the coasts or something similar. Any any time the United States would need to leverage our fuel reserves. Now, some fun facts about that. Um, The national reserves are stored in Louisiana and Texas, and I can tell you from my experience with FEMA and other federal agencies, there's a lot of folks who feel that oil should be spread out a little bit more across the United States rather than pretty much geographically in one spot the way it is today. And our reserves as of June this year were about 511 million barrels. So we sold roughly $2 billion of roughly a $47 billion reserve of oil, and the United States goes through roughly about 20 million barrels a day, give or take, uh, given some different factors. So the reserve is intended in a worst case scenario, like we've completely lost the ability to um, refine oil or similar. It's, it's intended to give the United States roughly 30 to 60 days, depending on consumption levels uh, of fuel. Now, my point is not the 20 million barrels that we sold. 
It's that we sold it rather than used it for domestic consumption, where right now prices are rather high. And the second thing is, is that money's going to go into the national GDP right before the midterms. Now, I realize it's just $2 billion. I mean, we spend that on a tank. Uh, I'm joking. Tanks are about one to five. We spend that on the toilet seat that is inside of the tank. Exactly. That's how we Uh, do it. But my point is, is, is we sold off our precious natural reserves to, to pump money into the GDP of the United States at a time when we're arguing about whether or not we're in a recession. Um, moving into the land of, dare I say, conspiracies, but just things going on behind the scenes. Uh, Bohemian Grove, uh, just a reminder, uh, they were meeting up in Northern California since July 11th and wrapped up on Sunday the 31st. So when a new bunch of stuff comes out in August to September of this year, it may have come out of Bohemian Grove up there in Northern California. Um, given some other meetings that are taking place, I've mentioned before the Aspen Institute for a number of years. Uh, the Carlisle Group, the big private equity outfit, was involved with Aspen Institute. Um, the Aspen Security Forum was held on Tuesday, July 19th through Friday the 22nd. Uh, I would also point out that was the forum where the Democratic Congressman Jason Crow said they might be able to kill you based on your DNA. That's That was the meeting where he brought that up. That was nice. Um, then also worth noting the Aspen uh, Group's Cyber Summit uh, will be November 16th. Um, and hey, that's just in time uh, following the midterm elections for us to have a major cyber incident. Um, touching on the show I did on July 22nd, as well as a number of shows previously, uh, this is the topic of Ghislaine Maxwell's uh, dad, uh, Robert. Um, just, just a thought piece here. We have an intelligence agency known for very long-term thinking. They put their asset, Robert Maxwell, uh, in the 1970s, 1980s, into a position to influence uh, the media, as, including scientific research and publishing. This makes him and many others very wealthy. It enables said intelligence agency to push various agendas. Uh, moving forward in time, the daughters of the media tycoon, three of them play very important roles. Two of the three found software firms to sell their products exclusively to U.S. intelligence and the FBI. Then Ghislaine Maxwell, who we all know about, hooks up with another intelligence asset using sexual blackmail with minors as a significant weapon for various agencies, not just the originator. Um, And there's the the behind-the-scenes things I would point back to the show I did on January 22nd uh, that that go into a lot of the, the medical research and so on. The real purpose of Ghislaine's blackmail with Epstein uh, was, it appears, pinpointed towards preventing interference in some sort of global medical move that we're now living through, Uh, a plan who may, quote-unquote, among other things, be behind attempts at global eugenics, and again, very long-term planning on the part of various intelligence agencies and billionaires. Then we have Robert Maxwell's efforts in the 1980s, specifically around scientific publications. Uh, that they were only publishing the science they wanted printed. Now, one of the bigger scientific publishers he worked with was a group called Elsevier Science, which is part of Reed Elsevier Group out of the United Kingdom. Now, typical fella sort of thing to say. How do I factually know that the Elsevier narrative, at least, is true? Because Elsevier Science is part of the Reed Elsevier Group out of the UK, Reed Elsevier was my client when I was working in telecommunications. I built their communication networks along with many others, but I was in Amsterdam in the spring of 2000, meeting with Elsevier Science folks, enabling improved online capabilities that they had. 
as well as expansion in internet-based publications. It was one of many of the projects that I ran for Reed Elsevier. So I had some behind-the-scenes awareness of Elsevier's command and control, shall we say, of scientific uh, publishing in that area. Moving on to Brendan O'Connell. Um, Brendan's a very colorful figure. Um, he also has a very colorful past. He's a uh, uh, former Australian reporter. One of his big areas is he keeps digging into Israel and got into a major court battle in his home country he claimed was orchestrated by Israel. And of course, when I say Israel, I really mean elites in Israel and Israeli intelligence. He now lives, I have no idea where he is, because uh, he's basically on the run. Um, uh, he's got a channel on YouTube, which I know for some folks is kind of surprising, giving everybody else who's been kicked off of YouTube. Uh, wink, wink, nod, nod. Uh, he's also on Patreon. Um, I've been watching him for some time, and I've looked into uh, a lot of the stuff he talks about and kind of tried to, to back research it and so on. Neither he nor Ryan Dawson are anti-Semitic. I know they've been accused of that. That's not true. Um, they both look at things from the standpoint of revealing what are Israeli state or Israeli elite goals or Israeli intelligence goals, which are, quite frankly, very well hidden versus a lot of other countries. So like anybody with ed edgier content, there's a lot of people who don't trust Brendan and wonder, you know, who he's working for or what he's involved with. Uh, Brendan equally doesn't trust <laughs> a number of other people in the alternative space. Uh, he did not trust uh, Rush Limbaugh. Uh, and he doesn't entirely trust Whitney Webb, uh, whose book I'm waiting on. Uh, he feels Whitney knows way more than she's willing to say. He also is not entirely trusting of Joe Rogan. Um, he feels we're in a global bar fight right now, literally. Uh, and what that means is, is that Asia and Europe are trying to kick the United States out of Asia. And Brendan feels if the U.S. is kicked out of Asia and Ukraine, that would be it for U.S. power globally. Yeah. Um, Israel also wants complete access to the theft and development of U.S. technology as cyber, uh, to, to Brendan's way of looking at it, as a real domain of power to their state interests. Um, Brendan also has been heavily keeping an eye on the $20 billion investment by Intel uh, in the American Midwest. I've brought that up a couple of times. Also, by the way, folks, in case you weren't aware, um, Microsoft Software... Uh, as far as the development of that software, has not really been taking place in Redmond, Washington. It's being developed in the Mediterranean by you-know-who. And that means backdoors for the Mossad, same as those Intel microprocessors, once they start rolling off the assembly line in the Midwest, will enable that as well. One of Brendan's other items is, is that the British House of Windsor, which would be the royal family, wanted to deal themselves a new hand of cards, if you will, in the big game internationally a number of years ago. So the other side played the Epstein and Prince Andrew card to violently block uh, them having renewed influence in the global environment. Um, he also recently alluded to something about Princess Diana, because I know I'd been wondering about her for a while. There's so many conspiracies out there about, I don't know, conspiracy stories about what may or may not have happened to her and why. I didn't, never believed for a minute that Charles or anyone in the royal family had her killed, and neither does, does uh, O'Connell. Certainly not over the Dodi Fayyad thing. Um, but Diana had, he brought up an interesting point, that Diana had become like a major international brand, no different than Coke or Google. And that brand brought a lot of influence and sway internationally whenever she turned her attentions towards anything, such as, for instance, the landmine topic, 
where she wanted a worldwide ban ban on landmines. Now, the problem with that is, is there are several countries who need landmines, like South Korea, to keep North Korea from <laughs> rolling across the border. Um, but the other thing is, the United States and certain other countries are some of the biggest landmine manufacturers in the world, as well as the the arms industry. So. There were rumors that she was going to move on from the land landmine topic to the entire arms industry. And there were also rumors she was going to throw her weight behind Palestine. And both of those topics are enough to get you into a car accident. Um, his position on the U.S. presidency is it's always for sale, um, if the U.S. intelligence community agrees, of course. So when it comes to the Donald, uh, Donald had worked for a lot of people in his life, and you know, I would also point out there's, I wouldn't even call them rumors. There's been a number of stories about um, what really was the deal with Trump's casinos in the Northeast. Uh, he could have built casinos anywhere. And also why in the heck did, did Donald ever really get involved in the casino world anyway? Um, the rumor or the belief is, is that he was laundering money through the casinos. I mean, that's why the mafia created the casinos out, out in uh, Las Vegas. Um that he was laundering money for the U.S. intelligence community in Israel and God knows who else. Um, so O'Connell's, you know, take on it is, is, is Trump's a business person and he was offered an opportunity. So he took it and that being the U.S. presidency. And of course I did a prior show as well about my own thoughts on Donald and what was motivating him and similar. He believes as far as Trump's concerned, a couple of things. The first is, is that, and this is, you know, Brendan's words, Donald has all the right enemies. And that means exactly what you think it does. Uh, a lot of people in the globals community hate Trump. Um, and their reason is because Donald's interests are the same as the interests of a lot of American elites, which is not necessarily what globalists want. And that's a problem. Uh, the second is, and I've mentioned this myself, there was another group of powerful people who did not invest in him becoming president. They invested in Hillary. Uh, and they lost, and they weren't happy about that, so they went after him like no U.S. president before. The third is, is that uh, everyone on both sides, including Donald's own supporters, and by that I mean powerful elite people, uh, within a year or two realized that Donald is completely uncontrollable and <laughs> had to be removed. So he was removed, and that removal was not a Democrat or Rhino or U.S. intelligence thing. It was a thing by people who are actually in control. Um, O'Connell's take on Ukraine is nothing that will shock any of you or um, well, get you off guard. Hopefully, uh, hopefully O'Connell will will confirm that Russia had eighty five bajillion losses. Right, I saw that recently. Yeah, and what was it? Seventy five thousand troops are dead. Oh, they're all dead. They're all like rotting right. the you know the, in the fields, man. So, uh, yeah, his, his take on the Ukraine and Russia thing is, is he believes Russia got pulled into a conflict with Ukraine. Uh, he believes it's a Kissinger angle and that Kissinger had been or Kissinger's allies had been influencing or, or basically deceiving Vladimir Putin. Uh, that Russia got pulled into this conflict, um, which I would say is a safe bet. He believes it was done for a number of goals, not the least of which was reinvigorating NATO. <laughs> These people are idiots, I swear to God. Firing up def defense spending globally. Reinvigorating NATO. <laughs> well, that's what they wanted. Whether that happens or not is another matter. They're going to reinvigorate a vibrator up their rear end. That's the only thing they're invigorating. Uh, useless morons. 
And then Israel also has some plans for Ukraine. Now, that is is true. There's some data out there. It's a little hard to find. Well, but, you got Kolomoisky, man. That, he's Mr. Dual Citizen himself. He's Kolomoisky, got, yeah. He, yeah, Kolomoisky. He's, he's Mr. He's Mossad ties out the ass. And then, of course, U.S. military base builders would love to get a chance to start building some bases in Ukraine. Now, it may turn out Russia's going to be able to spoil a lot of those things. We will see. Um he also believes by end of year, we may see, this was interesting, uh, I hadn't thought of this, that rather than invade Taiwan, China, China may instead use a blockade. Uh, we'll see. Um, Brendan also believes once the world goes through... Well, I'll tell you right now, this whole Pelosi trip, where this, 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 this demented octogenarian moron alcoholic... Okay? How do you really feel? Oh, jeez, I can go on and on and on. This so this moron alcoholic lands in Taiwan. What she has effectively done, and this is what people need to understand. I maybe when we have Matt on later today, we'll get into the whole history of Taiwan and China and stuff. You have to understand, folks. Japan used Taiwan as a jump-off point for a lot of the the atrocities they've committed in China, the rape of Nanjing. I mean, everything, all their yep. military actions was springboarded off the island of Formosa, okay? There is no way in hell that China, that Taiwan, which has always historically belonged to China, is going to sit back and allow any foreign power to put any sort of military boot on the ground there. What this Pelosi chip has done, they have sealed the idiot bungling moron has sealed Taiwan's fate. I guarantee you, I can pretty much guarantee you that China will now take Taiwan and they can do it rather quickly. And now that entire scenario is completely baked into the greater strategy that the CCP has. It's guaranteed now. now they seal the fate. Before it was maybe a blockade or, well, Slowly diplomat. And look, Taiwan itself doesn't claim to be an independent country. You got some separatists. And this dingbat alcoholic octogenarian is meeting with who? Separatists. And who are these separatists? Cocaine import agency hacks. Right? We, sent our, we sent our best person. We did. This is, this is how stupid this country is. This is how stupid we are as a nation that we do something so dumb, so egregious, Right? We have sealed Taiwan's fate. Watch what happens. Go ahead, fellas. It, it will be interesting to see what happens. And honest to God, uh, Gilbert Nowak, yes, Taiwan is microchip central. There have been such, and I mean this sincerely, there have been such very well-written pieces by folks in the defense community and, and the press that, that caters to the defense contracting community, all of whom I'm used to reading because I used to do that work. Um, it's just hard to say. There's, there's a lot out there um, on both sides, what Taiwan could do to China, what China could do to Taiwan, what other countries might do if they get involved. Um, you know, and it's the age-old thing about old men start wars and young men fight them. Um, how will it play out? It's anybody's guess. Uh, we're all just in the bleachers here watching, watching this go down. Um, I don't wish any more carnage on this planet than we've already got. Uh, but we'll just have to see how it plays out. And sending sending Nancy makes 
zero sense, which also begs the question, is this just optics and theatrics and she's carrying a message from God knows who? I, I'm sure who it is. Now, here's the thing, man. What happened right before the Russian says, all right, that's enough. You've crossed the red line. And they went in and they, and, and, and they started putting the squeeze on Ukraine. Who did we send over to the 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 the, the, the Minsk Accords, right? The Minsk Agreements, right? Who 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 went over there? Kamala was. Oh yeah, we sent Kamala out there, and she, with her word salad like way, another moron, right? Another idiot. God, we have so much. What a talent pool we have in this country. A talent pool. This moron goes there and says, "If Ukraine wants to join NATO, it's Ukraine's right." That was it. Right. Now, this dingbat administration, which is right now run by millennials, is doing the same thing in Taiwan. They do not know what the hell they're dealing with. This whole Kissinger, forget Kissinger, this whole Brzezinski wet dream of the grand chessboard <laughs> and controlling the pivot points. The grand chessboard. Yeah, what are the pivot points? Ukraine. If you control Ukraine... You will control North Africa and stop the potential of the rising uh, rival from Eurasia. Well, that's gone out the window, right? And and and, and the U.S. is like, we're, we're not, you know, the millennials in the White House are like, we're going to, you know, make Russia fight a proxy war. These Yale grads who couldn't fight their way out of a wet paper bag. And what's happening? Well, the Russians are, are making them look like idiots in Ukraine. And then watch this. This whole fighting the Russians to the last Ukrainian, that's coming to an end. And then <laughs> and then this whole entire thing that they have this wet dream. They're going to fight China down to the last Taiwanese, Japanese, and Korean. That's also going to blow up in their face. This is It's over, man. And, and this kid Brandon's right. Look, once those two pivot points are gone, America completely flushed out of Ukraine will cause a succession of collapse, especially now you have an energy crisis. Or these former Soviet bloc countries, these Baltic, Latvia, Romania, Lithuania, who like to flax and frill and, and show how great they are. Now they're like, oh, shit, we fucked up. It's at this moment they realized they fucked up. It was yeah. at this moment that yeah. you realized you screwed up. Yeah. There's, there's also one other interesting perspective to look at is the, the contrast of how the narrative is being played. It's... It's almost double talk and whether they're leveraging it for deniability. And what I mean by that is you have Blinken come out and saying, hey, you know, we don't support an independent Taiwan. We don't support Nancy doing this. But at the same time, she's taking the actions. We kind of witnessed the same thing a little bit uh, when Kamala went to Ukraine and saying that, hey, some of her talking points were, were, were not scripted. They did not come from the administration. So I don't I don't know whether there's two factions that are taking place where we're watching an administration try and attempted to be split completely, or are they using it for deniability in case there is an increase in tensions that result in some type of escalation militarily where they say, Hey, look, this wasn't the administration that did this. This was this individual person. So what's your guys take on that? Does that, does that make sense? No, it, it, it doesn't fucking matter to, to the Chinese or the Russians. The fact of the matter is that, 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 if the if the country is this stupid and this fucking broken and this fucking retarded because we've been shoving gay shit down our throats for the last several decades, if we're this retarded, okay, that we cannot control a dignitary that goes to another foreign country and speaks on the behalf of the government 
and don't understand the optics involved and then feign that we didn't know, that ain't going to work. The Russians ain't buying it. The Chinese ain't buying it. So it doesn't matter because America is an irrelevant country. This is what people don't understand. You have no idea. Folks, let me explain this to you. And I'm not, this is not the, the Chicago COVID talking. This is me, right? Let me explain to you. Everything you have right now, you've been living off the cream puff that is the world reserve currency. You're about to lose that status. And when that status is gone, your lifestyle is going to catastrophically change in a very fast and alarming way. And this, with the stunt that these morons are pulling in the White House right now between Russia and Ukraine and China and Taiwan, is what's going to lead this nation down that road. It's incredible to see this. Well, the other thing, too, I'd offer is I was mentioning, you know, the various press that's out there. And this is why it's, it's just hard to get your arms around it. On the one hand, I read a very good military analysis that said, okay, look, here's what it took the Allies to invade Sicily. And here's what it took the Allies during World War II to invade Italy. And it had the whole order of battle, how many landing craft, how many troops, how many troops were in opposition, et cetera. It was an interesting analogy to invading Taiwan. And there was a lot there about prior... Chinese landing operations, simulations that the Chinese had done to demonstrate that they could invade Taiwan. But again, this is where you get into a very kind of circular argument. Because on the one hand, the analysis said um, China may not have the right kind of forces and enough of the right kind of forces to invade Taiwan with similar overwhelming force the way we did during World War II. But conversely, the Allies were still trying to not sustain overwhelming casualties. China's um, ability to sustain high casualties or their willingness to sustain high casualties is a lot higher uh, than it would be for, say, Allied governments during World War II. The other thing is, is that China's domestic population, you know, it's not something that's very understood in the West, is quite a bit more nationalistic. And depending on the circumstances, would be more willing to accept a lot of pain to both not only take back Taiwan, but for the mindset of the Chinese community it in ends, China. It ends their century of... Yes, uh, that it's, it's we're demonstrating yeah. to the world, you will not... I mean, folks, <laughs> China, <laughs> like any great power, and China is one, they're complicated, and there's a lot of history there. And, you know, the old joke about Americans plan for things based on hours, Europeans plan for things based on months, and Russians and Chinese plan for things in decades and centuries. Um, the worldview, the perspective of the Chinese is based on hundreds, if not thousands of years of their history, especially at the leadership level. The Chinese are incredibly sensitive, understandably so, yes. to their history as a country that when a powerful government in China collapses. It's never good. And I don't just mean, oh, geez, we lost. I mean, because candidly, when has the United States ever been invaded <laughs> other than right now? Um, for China, the law, it's like, yeah, we don't like the central government. We don't like the, the power they impose on us as individual citizens. But in the final analysis, no one in the right mind in China wants to lose a powerful central government because the alternative is too horrible to consider. It's like my often said joke about CNN berating a former Soviet, now Russian general in the early 1990s saying, why hasn't 
Boris Yeltsin done more to bring faster democracy into Russia? And the general just looked at the CNN reporters stunned and said, obviously, you don't understand the Russian culture. Russia doesn't need democracy. Russia needs Stalin. He didn't mean literally we need gulags, but what he meant was Russia has always been, since the imperial period, a yeah. vast country of many nationalities. Led by a strong man. You, you have to. There's no other way to hold that, that entire mess together. And, it, and I'm speaking as a half-ethnic Russian. So it's the same thing with China. So again, it, it's a very circular series of analyses by a lot of people. And as V has often said many times on this show, we're reading other people's mail. We just don't really know until something happens. But I do take with great confusion exactly what you said, V, that, that we've got major problems in Central and Eastern Europe concerning Ukraine and Russia, uh, various people moving their chess pieces about, and the United States sends Kamala Harris. And now, out of the blue, uh, we send uh, the Kettle One distributor uh, to Taiwan. <laughs> I mean, if you want it now, again, folks, let's be candid. I, I don't use the terms anymore about the United States government or a government. I don't use the terms the political parties. Definitely I'm on the side of CJ about um, the left-right narrative. Uh, we're being played. Don't ever think we're not being played. Uh, the elites who, you know, to quote George Car the late George Carlin, um, th this country's a company and you're not in charge of it. Um, the people who actually run this shit are coming out of the shadows and are pretty much admitting to all of us that they don't care. So we're just going to have to see how they want to play this. Now on the, the, the Brendan O'Connell topic to, to kind of close that out, this was interesting. He said that he believes once the world goes through a ton of social and economic pain, which I would add is by design, he said out of the warehouse will start coming what he calls the goodies. And he said these will include things like more effective farming, new technologies, new medical treatments, and things like fusion power globally. And the price for all of that to the general public worldwide will be greater social adherence to vaccine schedules, presence in the digital economy, including things like the metaverse, even though, yes, the metaverse uh, has had an immense uh, amount of ups and downs, more downs uh, lately. Um, and he said all of them, regardless of who is on what side of the bar fight, um, they all want to get free-thinking human beings out of the loop. And this goes to the comment I've made here on Rogue many times, that whether it's our show or the different people on Rogue, whether it's Gus and CJ and Matthew and V and, and Crypto and, and Jet and all the others and our guests that come on periodically, or it's, um, you know, Frank at Quite Frankly, or it's Polly or or many of the other folks that are out there. This is why all of us collectively are serving a very important purpose right now by making sure that all of our perspectives and all of our data and all of our backgrounds are being brought to the table here to help keep all of you uh, informed as best as we can. But his comment was, uh, Brendan O'Connell's comment was, as he said, they have to get free thinking human beings out of the loop. They need artificial intelligence and other methods to remove us out of the equation. And, my own commentary about his warehouse of goodies thing. And I've alluded to this on a prior show. Uh, back in my research and development days, working for the Department of Defense, I was directly aware, both from the work we were doing and other conferences I attended, about what had been accomplished when it comes to algae-based fuels. And in 2015, the CEO of Halliburton, I was on a treadmill on a client site hotel 
almost fell off the treadmill when I saw him talking about uh, with Jim Cramer discussing their firm working on promising developments with technology when it comes to algae-based fuels. Um, there's nothing that needs to be researched. The final technical barriers around algae fuels, I'm telling you for a fact, were eliminated in 2010-2011. Easily. They, they, I mean, they, they got jet fuel applications that are working right now. Uh, there are uh, aircraft, uh, 777s, 787s that are flying on algae-based fuels uh, effectively as a test bed right now. So the question becomes, to V's point, and I hate to be Pollyannish about this, but then why wasn't it released to the public? Why aren't we using algae fuels globally? Right. Exactly. And, well, think about it. You have a fuel source that can be produced with a similar process to brewing beer. You can produce fuel at the geographic locations where you need it rather than shipping it using pipelines and storage lines and shipping lines. You have cities like in the United States, Milwaukee, St. Louis, Cincinnati, as well as anybody who's ever brewed an IPA beer out in California, Oregon, and Washington State. All of these places could become the new Texases of energy producers in the United States because you have people and manufacturers that know how to use a technique like this. It doesn't matter whether you're brewing beer or you're brewing algae. The point is you have people who understand how to do that. And the the thing is you do. Nobody's just going to let that happen. So now bear with me on this. That is not without making sure those areas, those cities and regions the United States have just named, are under the control of elite and financial interests who would benefit from that. So let's turn back the clock and look at 2020. Where were all those riots taking place, folks? In Oregon and Washington State and St. Louis? the blue state cities. Well, the blue state cities where we have a history of people who know how to do this. Now, I'm not saying that's the only reason. But I'm willing to bet that it played a, a factor in this. They know how to do what, man? A riot or a brew beer? That that you have people I mean, that have of knowing how to brew to to brew products. <laughs> yeah. Or or distillers yeah. that that it all hit these major areas that would be a great place to set up these types of manufacturing operations. Because the other thing is like my comment about the the uh, uh, the national fuel reserves uh, here in the United States. You know, they're all in Louisiana and Texas. I I, I could bore you to hours with the numbers of just good, honest-to-God federal people who for years have said, that's a bad idea. we got to spread that stuff out. we got to put some of it on the West Coast and the East Coast. Because if anything happens in Louisiana and Texas, we're sunk. So my point is, when Brendan starts talking about technologies that might be brought out of, quote-unquote, the warehouse later, it struck a chord with me, because I've certainly had personal experience with the fact that that is more than possible. uh, More than possible. Final uh, piece for today is uh, kind of a, uh, a flashback. Um, some of you may be familiar with a book or a story called the report from iron mountain, um, popular in alternative circles. It's a Bush book, but was published in 1967 whose publisher and the supposed writer claimed it was all a hoax and a joke. Um, my input is, is, as I've often been saying on the show, the last few months, you can tell a lot of truth through fiction. So here's a small uh, excerpt uh, from from that book, and it was written like a, you know, kind of like a Rand Corporation study. So I'm quoting, um, according to the report, a 15 member member panel called the Special Study Group was set up in 1963 to examine what problems would occur if the United States entered a state of lasting peace. Uh, They met at an underground nuclear bunker called Iron Mountain, as well as other, other worldwide locations, and worked over... Um, the next two years, 
A member of the panel, a John Doe, a professor at a college in the Midwest, decided to release the report to the public. Um, the heavily footnoted report concluded that peace was not in the interest of a stable society, that even if lasting peace could be achieved, it would almost certainly not be in the best interests of society to achieve it. War was part of the economy. Therefore, it was necessary to conceive a state of war to maintain a stable economy. The government, the group theorized, would not exist without war, and nation states existed to wage war. Now, some of you may recall the line from the movie JFK where Donald Sutherland's character is sitting on the bench and he looks at, at the other actor and says, what is the purpose of organized society to prepare for war? War served the vital function of diverting collective, attend, uh, uh, pardon me, collective aggression. And by the way, that collective aggression thing, uh, that's straight out of the 1970s movie Rollerball. So they recommended credible substitutes and paying a blood price to emulate the economic functions of war. Now, listen to this next part carefully. Prospective government devised alternatives to war included reports of alien life forms, the reintroduction of a euphemized form of slavery, consistent with modern technology and political processes, and one deemed particularly promising gaining the attention of the malleable masses, the threat of gross pollution to the environment. That was 1967. That was 1967. We're going to scare you with alien landings. We're going to create a form of slavery. We won't call it slavery. We're just going to use technical means to make sure that we know where you all at our times and monitor you. And then we've got to do our part for the environment. So that's what I had for today. And I've got most of my stuff ready for uh, Friday, where uh, we're going to get into a major arms deal involving Poland that you all will find interesting. <laughs> so uh, with that, I'll open the floor to V and CJ. Uh, just to tie into the discussion today, Velas, and I apologize if this is a repeat of content that's posted over in the Rogue Discord, uh, but uh, this caught my, I got an email notification in regards to a new uh, series in Hulu called Victoria's Secrets, Angels and Demons. Um, and so I'm going to, I'm going to watch that and it details uh, the originations of origins of, you know, way back in, t in terms of inventing uh, Victoria's Secret uh, tied into Epstein. And, and so I'm, I'm interested to watch it. Apparently uh, Whitney, is it Whitney Webb? Uh, Whitney Webb is that is that her name? From she, the, yeah, she's the author who's got the Epstein book that's coming. Up. Yeah, so she's in, uh, I believe, the third episode of oh, wow. uh, that that show, uh, Breaking Down, and then and then uh, I'll post a link over in the Discord to order her new book, uh, One Nation Under Blackmail. I don't think it's being shipped yet. I think they're targeting September. Is that right? Yeah, the book correct. That's that's one of the two books. That's one of the two books I'm waiting on. And her yeah. book in particular is the one, folks. It was originally supposed to be published last November. Then I was told January. Then I was told March. Then I was told June. It just, it just. I mean, it. I would laugh, and and the you know the the paranoid in me would say, well, it may in fact just be that they're making sure her book is released when the other uh, book comes out on that topic. But but yeah, and, and Webb, by the way, has written on a number of of things, folks, not just this particular topic matter. Yeah, yeah, she's a very talented uh, journalist, and then also here recently, uh, uh, Rogan also. Uh, uh, linked and talked about uh, Epstein and, and, and Harvard and his, uh, his thoughts in regards to 
Mossad um, or CIA, and that was in a recent uh, podcast. So you can you can check that out as well. I won't play it, but you guys you can check that out. The other the other book, everybody that's that's out there on this on this Epstein topic that's to be released <laughs> right when Whitney's book is released <clears throat> is by an author author named Dylan Howard, and that book's name is Epstein and Maxwell Inc. How the U.S. government helped make spying, sex trafficking, and blackmail big business. Yeah, I've emailed Whitney for an interview. She's apparently uh, really uh, busy. I think Eric may have a little bit of ties to her. I think he's been on a, a podcast with her, so we'll keep trying to, to research it. It'd be nice for her to come in and on and discuss the the book uh, with us. Yeah, I still I still think not to uh, talk shop here in front of uh, our friends and family, but I still think it'd be interesting if we given given his hooks into people. If, uh, honest to God, we could do a co-hosted show with Frank. Yeah. Uh, you know, because he's had, I mean, Frank, honest to God, is probably the only human being I know. There may be one or two others out there probably in Canada. But Frank's the only person I know that's ever been able to secure interviews with with the amazing Polly. This is like his third, I think, coming up this Thursday. So I think it'd be kind of interesting if we could do a simulcast between our show and Frank. I'm just pontificating. but But if we could do a simulcast with us and Frank uh, with with someone like Whitney Webb. Yeah, that'd yeah. be cool. That'd be cool. And then just a couple of real quick programming notes. Eric's uh, going to be moved to tomorrow afternoon. Oh, okay. Uh, Wednesday afternoon. And then we're also looking to get uh, Cynthia, uh, his his uh, uh, wife or fiance, on board to do a, a segment in regards to her Saker article that was recently published on uh, how the British reconquered the United States and established an Anglo-American empire. So we're excited to hear her break that down for us. Uh, probably leaning it Thursday afternoon or Friday afternoon. So just just quick update. Oh, good stuff, gentlemen. Good stuff. Vellas, thank you for uh, just breaking things down. Today. It was wonderful, and I'm looking forward to having you back on Friday. And um, I still have well, the image of the ATF agent screaming on the yes. ground. I have a medical condition. <laughs> My wife is pregnant. <laughs> I can't breathe. I have a, I I have a breathe. dog named Sandy. I have a dog named Sandy, please. <laughs> 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 don't cuff me. <laughs> don't cuff me, bro. Don't, did you see you, later in the video, the other the, the officer who's holding him down and trying to cuff him says, get the taser out. And the, the guy on the ground him, goes, right. goes, don't taser me, bro. Don't taser, don't taser me. me, bro. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> I'm a federal agent. Sure you are. I love it, man. That if you're a federal beautiful. agent, your ass would be on the ground right now because you know the procedure instead of standing standing there like a contract. That's not happening. Okay, you freaking bully. Oh, well, that's the that's who you're facing, folks. You're facing out of shape, low testosterone morons who are going to come knock on your door, looking like Poindexter, acting all tough. Uh, Any who's in fellas. Thank you, man. We're looking forward to having you back on Friday and folks tomorrow is Matthew Arrett. And with that being said, El Cuco, you know what to do, man. Take it away. <laughs>